Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today's program, How Pumse Saved Taekwondo. Obviously, it is somewhat hyperbolic, but we are coming to you from the seventh month of the global pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, something that we have talked about in prior programs. We've talked about how it's impacted the health, the economic, and the social situation in our world. We did a program on cleaning the dojang. We've done a program on how the Taekwondo community has responded with online training and alternative methods of training. And sadly, we did a program on how the Taekwondo community and the martial arts community has been impacted by anti-Asian bias, which has stemmed out of misunderstandings and ignorance about the global pandemic. Today's program, a interesting look at how a specialized form of Taekwondo training has taken center stage during the pandemic for numbers of reasons that we'll discuss and how it impacts and its legacy will impact well beyond the recovery and the emergence of the world from this global medical crisis. Enjoy. Thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our program everywhere where podcasts can be found, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and our website. Thank you. Anyone who's spent time studying the martial arts or has some familiarity with the martial arts knows that there's a unique and distinct element to the arts, which is called in English forms. The Japanese call it kata in their karate. And for those of us that study Taekwondo, we understand and we know it as pumse. Pumse involves the stylized, predetermined motions patterns, as you will, that are associated with various levels of training. They are predetermined, they are codified, and they are memorized, and they are passed down. And as part and parcel of martial arts training, in particular Taekwondo training, they have a increased level of complexity, and they tie in the various stages of your training. Your martial arts, Pumse, for white belt or yellow belt, obviously a simpler pattern that uses simpler moves that one should be expected to become more proficient in at that level with increasing degrees of difficulty and intensity. This is nothing new. We've talked about this. We talked in our episode, uh, Talking Taiguk, about the development from the for, for Kukiwan practitioners from Palge forms to Taiguk forms, those that have seen 
the beautiful execution of Koryo, Kumgan, all the way up through the advanced black belt forms. So the concepts are nothing new and part and parcel of a student's journey to black belt and beyond are that testing normally involves the memorization and the proper execution of forms. Now, the world, to some degree, has been divided. It's been divided to those who enjoy forms and those who enjoy sparring. Sparring has traditionally been, from a spectator standpoint, the more glamorous, the sexier, the more appealing elements of Taekwondo for the non-practitioner. Certainly after the inclusion of Taekwondo in the modern Olympics, as a result of the work which we've talked about of Grandmasters Hyun He and Hyun Won Park talked on International Taekwondo Day about the 1994 decision of the IOC to include Taekwondo as a full recognized medal sport. And we sit today on the verge of less than a year, hopefully, from the Tokyo Olympics, postponed from 2020 and moved to 2021. Barring has solidified its place as a centerpiece of the recognition of modern Taekwondo. To some degree, criticism of modern Taekwondo, of Olympic-style Taekwondo, has been that it has, for some, allowed them to move away from traditional training and just focus on sport training. There are some folks that have become proficient as sparrers that have never really taken the path of traditional martial arts, have never really gone the route of studying in a dojang, of learning pumse, of learning about Korean history and curriculum and and the language and so forth. My point in saying that isn't to criticize it. It is simply just to identify that it's a path and it's something that has occurred. Well, even prior to the global pandemic, and I want to be clear, even prior to the global pandemic, there was a counter-movement. That counter-movement, and widely supported by the Kukiwan and the WT, was to place greater emphasis on the practice of Pumse. In doing so, there became, began a movement to have a greater codification, uh, a greater articulation of the standards for which globally, worldwide, Pumse and as it came to be called sport Pumse, world-class Pumse, would be executed. In doing so, there was an attempt to be able to not only convey to the Taekwondo world that, hey, the patterns that you have been training in for these recent years, that these patterns will continue, but that we will provide for you a clear, a universal a somewhat universal standard for which these forms shall be executed. Therefore, when one receives their Kukiwan Don certification, we always talk about the fact that it's recognized all over the world, that if you're in Levittown, New York, and you decide that you want to travel to Iran, uh, that you walk into a Kukiwan certified dojang, that essentially, for all intents and purposes, your belt will be recognized and your curriculum will be, aside from some of the more localized and, and regional elements 
and perhaps personal elements of, of the Grand Master that, that teaches there, that the Kukiwan elements would be the same. Well, this movement for sport Pumse and world-class Pumse was designed so that the criteria for the practice of Pumse would be standardized and articulated enough that the execution of, of Pumse in any of these dojangs around the world, as it relates to the finer points, would be the same. So what are we talking about? Well, certainly we're talking about the pattern, but we're also talking about things such as where a block is properly supposed to start and end, where a strike is properly supposed to start and end, uh, what is the proper position of the eyes in the execution of Pumse, what is the proper uh, definition for the stance, right? We all understand uh, what a forward stance is essentially or a back stance, but what is the proper uh, way with which one can determine if in fact a forward or a back stance is being properly executed. So these, all of these things were in the process of being, all of these elements were in the process of being articulated and in the process of being outlined Certainly before the global pandemic, we had numbers of world-class events around the world in which Taekwondo practitioners from all around the world competed in world-class Pumse. We had the World Taekwondo Pumse Championships, uh, Pumse Grand Slams, uh, regional and, and national events, even local tournaments started to develop world-class divisions uh, separate and apart from their, their, their normal tournaments. However, in March, in the onset of the global pandemic, social distancing, mask restrictions, concerns about close contact and close quarter contact made in-person training very difficult. Virtual training became the standard throughout the world. And we talked in a prior episode about how the martial arts industry, and particularly the, the young Taekwondo masters, did a phenomenal job of really rising to the occasion and managing to continue to keep their students and their staff engaged and interested and well-trained during this time. However, from a sparring standpoint, certainly great difficulty. Sparring athletes, of which I certainly have never been one, had an ability to do some training on their own, they had the ability to do their footwork drills, to keep themselves physically fit, to be able to use Wave Masters, covered in, a, in, in certainly one of our episodes, 2020 Armor. We've talked in the past to Master Ali Gafour about his training products. Certainly the ability to do that. But what they didn't have the ability to do was to engage and sharpen their skills with a live opponent. What they didn't have the ability to do was to be able to compete on a regular basis to test their skills of martial arts combat or martial combat. Certainly the Olympics is the finest example of that, scheduled to be in Tokyo in 2020 of the summer and, and postponed. Understandable, but certainly a great disappointment to the worldwide Taekwondo sparring competitors that are in a holding pattern and hopefully will reemerge from this pandemic and begin their training regimen for 2021. However, Pumse by its design, able to be practiced on your own, able to be pr practiced at a social distance, 
able to be reviewed and monitored in a virtual situation became a way for students who were already on a Pumse path to sharpen and enhance their skills, but for other students that perhaps were not as engaged or not as familiar, even those that are high-level sparring competitors, it became a new way for them to become engaged in their Taekwondo training. Pumse began to take center stage worldwide and particularly in the United States. Pumse online virtual tournaments began to arise. The National Collegiate Taekwondo Association, the NCTA, was a leading force and a leading advocate with one of the earliest virtual online Pumse tournaments, a, an event that took place during the early summer months and had literally hundreds of competitors competing mostly from their homes or from the park or from places where they could compete, where they could demonstrate their skill, where they could exercise their and articulate their forms and yet not be in the dojang and be socially distant and compliant with COVID restrictions around the world. We started to see the convergence of the online classes, the online technology, and the emphasis on Pumse becoming a much more significant and prominent and visible element of Taekwondo training. USAT ran its Summer of Pumse event, which was highly successful, and there became the development and the advocacy for ranking system and point system in Pumse. So we start to see on a national level, on a global level, where the Pumse athlete has the ability, like a sparring athlete, to measure their success, to measure their prominence on a worldwide level, and to compete and to be able to earn national and international ranking and to determine who are their peer competitors locally, nationally, and around the world. So what you start to see is a system, a parallel system that mirrors the sparring system developing over the course of the past seven months in particular in the world of Pumse. I mentioned the, the highly successful summer of Pumse that USAT put out virtually the entire summer, every three days, submission by tape to be judged by referees. That event will be followed coming up now for the remainder of the year by a similar event, a virtual Pumse Grand Slam hosted by USAT. NCTA has run a series of tournaments and will continue to run. The Korean Taekwondo Association ran their virtual online Pumse tournament. Just this past Saturday, I refereed, I judged for the New York Open virtual each championships, which was live and online. The New York Open has been a staple Taekwondo championship and cultural festival in New York for well over a decade. It's one of the largest and most well-attended Taekwondo championships in the state of New York, and this year was, was no different. The difference was, obviously, there was no sparring. It, wasn't a, it was not a physically live event, but it did take place live online. And in addition to the other events, they too had their world-class Pumse competition in which competitors participated from all over the country, from California, Texas, New York, Massachusetts, and even from, from Canada, in an event in which world-class Pumse was judged by nationally 
ranked and certified referees and judges. That's another element that has developed as a result of this global situation. The standardization of the judging of Pumse. So no longer is it simply a matter of discretion of going to a tournament where two competitors may square off, execute their form, and judges determine competitor one or competitor two appears to be better in their execution of the form. There's now clearly articulated standards. And for world-class, those standards are divided, and we'll, we'll cover this in another episode, into accuracy, which is a 40% part of the 100% grade, and presentation, which is a 60% part of the grade. Accuracy, of course, being the proper execution of the moves. It ha- is the form done correctly? Are the individual movements done correctly? It, are the striking areas and striking zones for the form correct? In other words, if it's supposed to be a face punch, is it a face punch and not a body punch? If it's supposed to be a head kick, roundhouse kick, as opposed to a body roundhouse kick, something of that, that nature, those are all accuracy. Then the other form of it is presentation. And this is really to some degree where Pumse has really come to be elevated. Because what has occurred is now, on the world stage, commitment and practice of Pumse has become such an unbelievably high level. People study the forms. People study the techniques. People's accuracy is very, very high, probably higher than it has been at any time ever in the history of Taekwondo practice for the general practitioner. So therefore, when competitors are squaring off, the difference between success and failure or first and second place, or winning a medal or not winning a medal, is not simply going to be the execution of Taekwondo moves, but is going to be how those moves are executed. And presentation, again, we'll get into this in a future episode, is divided into three basic subcategories. They involve strength and speed, rhythm and flow, and expression of key. In almost any dojang in the world, even prior to this systemic implementation of Pumse rules, I'm sure that even old-time traditional masters would be certain to encourage their students. Make sure you have a loud key op, right? Make sure you show strength in your movement. Make sure you go through it in a manner that is commensurate with your level of skill and practice. All of these things become combined to really make for the beautiful execution of these forms that so many of us have worked on and practiced for years. From where I sit as a Taekwondo practitioner for the last 30 years, I think about the role that Pumse has played. I've always been a lover of Pumse. Uh, I've never been as proficient as I like. I've never been as flexible as I like. My execution of Pumse has never been um, at a level that I consider to be top tier. However, I've always believed that to be a complete martial artist, you need to be able to do all things. I think we talked about this in the past, but somebody had said to me years ago that really martial arts is divided, right? A true martial artist, there's martial sport, which is to some degree the competitive aspects. There's martial combat, which doesn't really involve sparring, but really involves street and self-defense and one-step sparring. And then there's martial way, which is our philosophy and our heart. And all of those things need to be 
in line and in balance for somebody to consider themselves to be a true high-level traditional martial artist. And I've always been a lover of Pumse. I've always had great appreciation for it. But to some degree, it's always been somewhat obligatory for a lot of folks. It's been something that they must do, that they must learn to be able to get to the next level of their their training or the next level of their advancement. However, it was just the obstacle with which they needed to get past in order to be able to do what they really love, which is sparring. I see as I, as I look out and I've connected with really the entire worldwide Taekwondo community due to my involvement with this program, with the magazine, with my training, and with being a nationally certified USAT Pumse referee, that that has changed. Great devotion, great time, great commitment of Taekwondo dojangs and of students to Pumse has become an increasing element of Taekwondo practice. Pumse has become for many not just the obstacle with which they need to get past in order to be able to get to their next belt, but has become a passion that rivals the passion of sparring athletes and sparring competitors. I've come to see high-level mastery, high-level execution, intense training to achieve greater and greater results on the parts of students, athletes, coaches, masters and grandmasters in helping to achieve a higher level of Pumse mastery. I've seen organizations such as the WT and the Kukiwan and USAT develop and allocate a greater amount of resources to not simply sparring and sparring competition, but to Pumse. It seems that in life and in the world, things happen and timing, they say, is everything. Well, it seems that all of the elements for the prominence of Pumse were in place before the global pandemic, but the circumstances and the situation of the global pandemic created an environment that kicked off a international Pumse and sport Pumse craze that I believe we will look back on decades from now and we will say, while so many horrible, terrible, and difficult things happened during this terrible time of medical crises, that it wasn't all bad that one of the upsides of 2020, the emergence of Pumse as a prominent, respected, and respectable element of Taekwondo training and the time in which Pumse came out from the shadows as the redheaded stepchild of the martial arts world and took its place alongside of sparring as an equal and a co-equal element of true martial arts practice. I'm not sure how long we will be in this, this crisis, but I have hope. I've expressed it in the past. I have hope that Taekwondo will continue to flourish. I've seen no indication that that won't be the case, and I believe it will emerge stronger than ever with people having learned a lot about themselves, about the importance of martial arts and Taekwondo training in their life, and that they will remember how, in the most difficult of times, Taekwondo training, Pumse training, sport Pumse training, world-class Pumse training, the meditation of Pumse training 
helped get them past one of the most difficult and challenging times that most of us have ever seen. Keep training, stay strong and healthy, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon online in the Dojang and hopefully on the tournament circuit when the world opens up again. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.